Under the Influence podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement. And we are about to get under the influence. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm sitting here with Chanel Sinego. Did I say that correctly? You did. (laughs) Okay. Thank God. Anyway, Chanel, you are this just amazing powerhouse. You started the Dames Collective. I've been to your events multiple times being from San Diego, and you have just really created this amazing community and organization for women in business. And I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to hear the whole story. So let's just jump right into it. How did you even come up with this idea? So it was a few years ago. I had been working, my background's in digital marketing. So mm-hmm. I've worked in digital marketing for about 11 years now. Okay. And I was working at an agency and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I left the agency. I thought it would be like my end all be all. So mm-hmm. I left and I started kind of just doing some freelance stuff. And mm-hmm. my former business partner and I were meeting kind of every couple of weeks and I was helping her with marketing for her nonprofit. And I just kind of had this epiphany, like there is no real community for women business owners and entrepreneurs that get like, get the education and the resource aspect out of it. But then they also get like the community out of Mm -hmm. it. I just kind of came up with the idea for dames. I thought it was going to be like a brunch club where like we all got like a little buzzed and then started talking business. (laughs) But, um, when we launched in San Diego, September 14th, this year will be our two year anniversary. I was like, I hope we get at least 50 people that come. Um, and we ended up having 200 people show up to the launch. So there definitely was like a need and like a crave for it. So yeah, that's how we got. Yeah. Well, and you've also had some pretty amazing heavy hitter speakers. I remember, I think I was, I can't remember how I found out about the event, but that was one of the first times I heard about you guys was when the skinny confidential spoke. You know what? I know that there's another really awesome group in San Diego called Lady Killers. Okay. Maybe I think that they that. did something. With, okay. Well, with scratch Lauren. that. Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, she's awesome. We would obviously love to have her, but I will say that that is by far one of the most important parts for me and all of our chapters is to make sure that we have speakers that are not only diverse in what they do and who they are, but like also have an influence in the community um, and just are people of quality. And I want everything done with purpose, you know? Absolutely. So I think one of the things that also sets you apart from, you know, there are a ton of brunch groups. There are a ton of these kind of entrepreneurial groups, like kind of starting up in San Diego. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing that makes you a little bit different is that you pair it with the education aspect, right? Yeah. Like you said, people actually come and they provide value. Yeah. And I actually got the opportunity to speak at one of your events, which is so cool. It was partnered with Bumble Biz. And I remember the lineup was just a really heavy hitter lineup. I mean, you had people from PR agencies, you had small business owners, you actually had like media, right? Like you had people that were journalistic and, you know, kind of were into the communications media part of it. Mm -hmm. So how, you know, like, how did you take this from launching in San Diego and what was the turning point from all of a sudden going from one to six chapters? Well, a lot of faith, I think, but, um, (laughs) When we launched in San Diego, I just remember thinking like women wanted this so badly yeah. and the community and the women that I got to meet along the way, I was like, just so impressed by every single one of them. I think it was a little selfish. I was like, oh, if we open in other chapters then I'll have an excuse to go meet women in those other (laughs) cities. Um, And so we actually first launched our like expansion was into the Phoenix market. Wow. And we like have actually our original main dame, which is what we call our chapter leaders is still um, one of the chapter leaders there. She kills it. Becca is awesome. And so I think that we just realized as we were kind of putting our name out there and really talking about what we did and wanting to have this kind of no bullshit like environment Mm -hmm. where people you could leave. Like we'd been to so many 
like different networking groups. Mm-hmm. And you go there, you maybe get like have one too many drinks because you're a little nervous and you get a couple business cards, but nothing really like comes of it, you yeah, know? And sure. so we wanted something where they could leave like having that collaboration or that, you know, partnership, whatever it might be from other women in the group. And then Phoenix was really the only city that we went out like vetting and looking for people to lead the chapter. Every other chapter we have, it's been interest from them to lead that chapter. Wow. Yeah. So we've been so lucky, I think, to really attract the right person in every city. And yeah, now we're in six cities. And what cities are you in? So we're in obviously San Diego and Phoenix. We're in Orange County, um, Fairfield County, Connecticut, Detroit, Michigan, and then Kansas City, Missouri is the last one we just launched a couple weeks ago. And then actually at the end of September, we're launching North County, San Diego. So how do you, how do you keep this branding so consistent? You know, you're managing all these different cities, you're managing all these different teams. How do you make sure that, you know, Dames Collective stays Dames Collective and there's like quality control with the brand? I mean, I will not lie to you. And I'll say that that's definitely been a little bit challenging because Mm -hmm. of the messaging. And now you're bringing so many different women leaders as far as like leading the chapters and they all have different personalities and, you know, beliefs and whatever it might be. So I think that at the very core, it's about the fact that like we're here for, to cultivate a community for women to have a place to feel comfortable and to have an outlet to talk about business and not feel like, oh, all my other friends or my significant other are so sick of hearing me talk about this. (laughs) I think so. I think that the very like bare minimum, it's been that. Um, One of the biggest things, I think lessons in our branding that I've learned is it's okay to evolve. Yeah. Um, Where we started and who we were as a brand when we like at the very beginning was definitely not who we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, We were targeting a specific demographic who we thought we would attract. And now we are realizing, okay, that actually the demographic is very broad and it's like been them that's defined the brand. Um, So obviously we're women, but we range in age from 25 to 65. So that is a huge, that's a very broad, very broad, very broad, (laughs) but um, very amazing because to see those women interact with one another from the youngest to the oldest, they have so much respect for one another. There's no like seniority or I've done this longer than you have. They see the value in learning something from each other. That's incredible. Yeah, that's really cool. So how did you, I mean, tell us the ways in which you really cultivated this audience. I know you said there was a crave for it, obviously in San Diego. And yeah. I think with women, you know, you touched on kind of talking your significant other's ear off Yeah, and like wanting somebody to chat with that that's on the same common ground or has those same ambitious goals or things like that. So how did you really find this audience? Like I said, like they found us. (laughs) I think it was just about being real and transparent from the get-go and being like welcoming. I wanted every single person that walked through the door to an event to feel like they were walking into my home. Mm -hmm. And so I treated them exactly as I would if they were coming over for dinner. And so I definitely, it's been a incredible like journey, just being able to learn everyone's stories and like what got them to the point of, you know, taking that leap into entrepreneurship. I think it's just about also being genuine and just wanting to know what, why they are doing what they're doing and having a genuine interest in helping people get that exposure to their business or, you know, connecting with them with the right person. And I think that every single person in our community, as far as like main dames or members has that mentality. So I think if we've done anything right, that's what we've done right. And it's really transcended off like between chapter to chapter. That is so amazing. I just, I love that. I love it that you're, I mean, first off, you don't hear about these kind of organizations and groups having these, this many chapters And like you said, the people are coming after you for it. It's inspiring. And what you're doing, I mean, like I said, I've attended a couple of your events. So I know firsthand what they look like. But for our listeners that maybe haven't, you know, this is something where you go, you have this amazing educational aspect. You give them a really, really cool place to engage and network. It's fun. It's Instagrammable. Mm -hmm. You have really cool brands that you align with. Yeah, definitely. So it's, you know, you're kind of treated to this really cool experience and then you get to take home so much knowledge and education from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the basis of it all, right? Like you don't want to, as an entrepreneur, you're 
freaking busy, right? Yeah. Can I curse on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, everyone that listens that knows me is gonna be like, you said freaking, that's not you. <laughs> so it, it. it's just hard, you know, like you are a lot of the times you're spread thin and we struggle with this work-life balance mm-hmm. issue. And so for somebody to come to an event like this, one, I see it like you're investing not only obviously in yourself, but you're investing in me. Yeah. So I want to be able to provide the most out of it that you can. I mean, I've been to so many networking groups and I'm like, that was the biggest fucking waste of two hours of my time. You know, what's so funny. I love that you say this because a lot of people don't tap on the fact that when you spend your nights or you spend mm-hmm. your time going to these networking opportunities, you're actually spending your money, right? Yeah. Cause your time is your money. Exactly. And that's the more valuable aspect. It's like the ticket cost or like the membership yeah. cost. That's like le- the least valuable part of it mm-hmm. all. Right. It's mm-hmm. like my time is like, super valuable to me because I don't have a lot of it. Right. 100%. And I think we can all say that we've been to networking opportunities where we're just like, I, you know, I could have gone, I could have gone to dinner with my boyfriend and had a more meaningful conversation, or I could have gone to Mm -hmm. dinner with a mentor, or I could have, you know, gone out to a bar and networked or whatever it is. And so I love that you think that way. Because it's not just, I mean, yes, community and collaborating and all this stuff too, but you really want to offer them something that is of value. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I think that it has a lot to do with like how I was raised. I was, my stepdad is from the East coast. And so it was very like, get shit done, like get to the point. Like we have no room for fluff. (laughs) And so for me, that's how I kind of look at this is like, as a business owner, we all look at like, okay, what's the bottom line Mm -hmm. in everything. Mm -hmm. And so I want that networking aspect to be the same. Like I'm going to go in, I'm going to meet some incredible women. I'm going to learn as much as I can, or I'm going to be inspired in some way. You can leave every single morning mind fuel event or dames after hours with something, whether it's like you meet a new person, you have a new business contact, you're inspired, you learn how to grow your business in some way. You'll never leave empty handed. I love that so much. I think that's so great. And I love, okay. So you have a couple different events, right? Yeah. I want to kind of get clear. So you have cool. the morning mind fuel. Yes. Okay. So you have morning mind fuel and then you have Dave's after hours. Yes. Yeah, okay. So two. give us the spiel on both of them. And then you sure. also have these bigger events, right? Yeah. We'll do some like one-off events, but just to kind of backtrack. So our morning mind field, that's really kind of our like bread and butter event. Okay. Um, I think has the most value in it. Okay. So every month, we cover a different topic and it's the same for every chapter. And then we bring on two to three panelists to either like they've had success in that area or on that topic, um, or they're an expert in that field. So this can range from like this month, our focus is self-love, but we've done like finance and like kind of the boring kind of things to certain but it, people. That's not boring. I mean, no, yes, not at all, but it's but so people cool. Could think like, but as a business owner, you're like, yes, help me with my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, so we'll bring people in. We have a panel. Uh, we do a networking aspect to it as well. And one of the things I think that we do a little differently is, which I hope this doesn't intimidate any new people from coming, no. but we do a elevator pitch. So at the end of every meeting, everyone stands up and does a 15 second elevator pitch. And Hell that way yeah. we know who's in the room and I'll know like, oh, I really need somebody that's like a graphic designer or mm-hmm. like, I want to collaborate with like this specific type of influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really allows you to see where that collaboration can happen within the room. You know, what's really funny. It's, I love that you do that because I don't, I can't tell you how many brands that we sit down with and we're like, Hey, what's your, what's your company bio? Yeah. Give me a synopsis of your brand. What is your elevator pitch? And they're like, oh, well, we haven't gotten there. We have a mission statement. Yeah. And it's so, that's so awesome that you're kind of teaching these women how to really pitch themselves within that amount of time and like professionally too. Right. And I think every woman is like, gets so nervous, like when they come to a meeting for the first time, but to see like where the women's like, who've been with us this entire time, where they started with their elevator pitch and where they're at now, it's like, they're confident and they just kill it. And I feel like it just gives them the added like boost of confidence in their business and helps them on like the street and day to day. Right. Like they know that. exactly how to represent their business. That's such a good practice, especially too, if you're, if you're, atten- if you're a member and you're attending these events to constantly be doing that, I feel like that, like you said, it just established so much confidence. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Okay. So then you have dames after dames hours. after hours. So the purpose of dames after hours was 
really to have an event that was more of your social like networking event. And what I wanted to do was be able to highlight like local female owned businesses every month. So every month we hold it at a different female owned business, whether it's a boutique or a spa or whatever it might be and allow them to kind of talk about one, like how they got started and you know, most of them are brick and mortar business owners. So that's a huge leap in your business. So Mm -hmm. they talk a little bit more about that. Then it also allows the women that are in attendance to kind of like check out, like if it's a boutique, they can check out the shop and do some shopping. There's always like some type of alcoholic (laughs) beverage, which always helps with that. um, But it also allows like the women to get to know each other in like a different way, you know, develop those friendships and yeah. So it's been, those ones are a lot more, I would say, relaxed yeah. than the, the morning mind fuel, but they're really fun. But I mean, that's super cool too. You know, I, I love that you touched on that you give the opportunity for the business owner to share their story because right now we are in such a trend and we're going to get into this, but we're yeah. in such a trend where everything is becoming such like digital social business, right? right. So you don't see a ton of like brick and mortar popping up. I mean, you see a lot of people starting their own businesses and whatnot, but I mean, that is such a big leap. So I love that you kind of mm-hmm. chat on that because there's still people out there like we still need boutiques. We still need right. retail. We still need, you know, restaurants and bars and different things like that. Right. So I love that you're letting them share their story too. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an honor for me to be able to meet these women and just to hear their story too and be able to be part of it. And now it's just cool to be able to go to either different cities, but especially like where I live in San Diego and go and shop at wild dove where we've had a James after hours and, and, you know, know the story behind why she started her business. Um, and Maria from pure, we've done a ride there and I'm just like, I was kind of telling you earlier, I'm obsessed (laughs) with her and she's become like a really good friend and kind of just mentor in my business. So yeah, I think that the brick and mortar life is intimidating, Mm -hmm. you know, but we need that. We need that like interaction, the human interaction. Totally. So tell me where does all this passion stem from? Cause I mean, this cannot be (laughs) a simple task. You're building an empire. You're, you know, collectively gathering hundreds and hundreds of women and constantly inspiring people. Where, where does all your passion come from? Honestly, like as cheesy as it sounds, but it's like every single woman that I've met along this process. Like I said, and it's like when we we started, (laughs) when, when dames started, I almost did it selfishly because I wanted a no bullshit networking group of like badass women that could sit around a table and just get to the point and talk business. And, you know, kind of this idea of like what men did, yeah. but like women didn't have a seat at the table to do. Totally. And now it's like to see all these badass women sit around that table and be filled with women that have these incredible passions that is a hundred percent what gives me the passion. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a duty to every single woman that's part of dames and and at any level I've made a commitment to them. And so I'm passionate about what they do. And I want to continue that and continue this business for them. That's amazing, dude. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I love that you, first off, I love that you talk about doing it selfishly because I mean, it is kind of like one of those things where it's like, you saw this need, but you also saw this need with you and you're like, I want this. Yeah. I wonder if other people want it. Yeah. And then you kind of created this business out of it. Totally. And I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the word selfish, but I think that's how a lot of great brands start. You know, like yeah. you, you have this need and you're like, I'm wondering if other people have this need. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like this magic happens. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, all along there was this true need and it kind of came from just you. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been cool. It's been, it's been a fun ride. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. So tell me like, what are some of your biggest struggles as an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh. I think like just organization. Mm -hmm. Um, I own two businesses, you know, I have dames and then I own digital marketing company. So that is just being like balancing that plus like having a social life on top of it. I think that also just, I feel like I'm, I've always been like kind of a people pleaser. Like Mm -hmm. I've never wanted anyone to feel like hurt or anything like that. And so I've had to like start to set boundaries where I can't always please everybody. Yeah. That's been a hard lesson. Oh. Cause I'm like, 
I just want you to love me. <laughs> um, but I, I think that also just one of the biggest lessons that I'm starting to finally understand well is this idea of expansion and scaling the business. I've never really thought about how to do that. I worked with some really incredible people to learn what to do on like what the best way to scale. And, you know, I was afraid of like growing too fast or scaling too quickly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you always hear about people talking about that and they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can grow too fast and then just crash and burn. I'm like, I can't handle Mm -hmm. that. So I think, I think that that has been probably the biggest struggle on top of the I work alone a lot of the time. So just like having that human interaction and being able to like leave my, my office for like an hour to work out or do something (laughs) like that. Cause I find myself talking to my dog too much. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So for what advice do you have now that you've kind of, you have scaled and you have grown this insane organization and Mm -hmm. community, what is some advice that you would give somebody that's looking to start a brand or start a business? I mean, definitely find a community, even, you know, I think that's the whole purpose of Dames was when you're trying to take that leap into owning your own business, it is really scary if you don't have people to talk to about it Mm -hmm. because you're kind of going into it blind and a lot of faith, right? Mm -hmm. So finding people that you can, whether it's like a mentor or just like a group of women that, or men that have experience in like owning a business, I think that's key. Um, but I also think like, don't have too much pride. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're starting a business, you you're learning again, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could have had 15 years of experience in that field, but you've never, you haven't had any experience in owning a business. That is such a true valuable statement. (laughs) (laughs) So be, I mean, like, it's okay to like be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right. And go to people that could normally be your competitor and just be like, Hey, I, can I take you to coffee? And I know people say this all the time, but it's like so true. I've had to reach out to so many people and kind of swallow that pride. Cause you want to be like, Oh no, I look successful or I am successful or whatever that might be. And they have so much value and they'll be so honored that you look up to them to ask them for their advice. Dude, I feel like you nailed that on the head. And I feel like that's such a misconception going into a business. I remember, you know, I come from a couple entrepreneurs in our family. And one of the things was, is just, you know, kind of confidence is key. You got to learn how to sell it. You got to learn how to just jump, you know, you can do Mm -hmm. anything. It wasn't until I actually started sitting down with, with the two pretty big agencies that I was like, this is who I want to be like. Yeah. And that whole learning experience and mentorship really changed everything the way that I did business, like every aspect of how I did business Mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is, it's super humbling. You feel like little kid sister yeah, and you almost like, it's almost a little bit overwhelming at first too, because you're like, shit, there's so much I do. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's so much value that I could be learning from this person and I need, you know, I need them to help me or whatever it is. You're like, I want to be a sponge. I want to just like soak up anything that they can tell me to do. And I think that's another aspect of like businesses. Just remember it's like one day at a time. You can't do everything at (laughs) once. Like, and they're, you know, don't get overwhelmed by that and just like chip away at it little by little. Absolutely. I love that you touched on that too. I mean, I think it, yeah, I think if you can get a mentor Mm -hmm. or someone just to meet with for coffee, I mean, I still, I go to Geraldine all the time. I'm like, dude, what do I do about this? How do I trademark that? Yeah. Like, can I use your lawyer? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Geraldine from Holy Matcha. Yeah, she's oh my great. gosh. She is insane. <laughs> I like, I saw her speak for the first time. I mean, I've admired her for such a long time, like through social media and like, have like stalked her stuff, but yeah. I saw her speak at the gritty conference yeah. and blown away. Like, first of all, I'm like, you're drop dead gorgeous. (laughs) Like, I just like envy. And then she has like a crazy, like grasp on like crazy good grasp on just branding and business in general. And she just really stays true to who she is and what she like loves. And that is another level. Dude, she's great. She's actually one of my, I, we went out for brunch, breakfast, lunch. I don't even know what you'd call it. Morning glory. And she was cracking me up, dude. She is hilarious. But you know, it's nice. Like I, I actually met, I'll never forget this. And I think I've told this on the podcast before, but I met Geraldine 
literally when I was sitting in Holy Matcha for like the first time, I got this idea that I loved all of her marbles. And I wanted my logo to have marble behind it when I first created the Agus mm-hmm. Marketing logo. And she came over and like, she's like, I can't remember. I asked someone to take a photo of me sitting at Holy Matcha and it was her. No idea who she was. <laughs> no idea. And she's like, hell yeah, girl. She's like, get those angles. And started like, we just like started chatting. And she's like, yeah, I'm the owner. And I was like, oh shit. I'm like, all right. I just asked you to take my picture. <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, she's just me and her. I've seen Holy grow and she's seen me grow. And she's honestly one of the greatest friends that I could ever ask mm-hmm. for in business. And it's like that, like that's somebody too, where it's like you, I love that you're creating this organization because you give up people opportunities to have friends, right. That have maybe not the same exact business, but right. that could share those, you know, those commonalities together. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've met some of my best friends, like through my business. And now I have like great friends all over the country. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll move to Kansas city. Cause like, (laughs) I love them so much. Or um, maybe I should like go back to Phoenix. And I just realized like, this is what it's all about when you can, you're not kind of like pigeonholed to your city. And I think that this community for dames allows women that are part of the San Diego chapter to connect with people in our Detroit chapter, yeah. you know, and just like start to develop these relationships across the country. So do you travel to all these different chapters too? And like yeah. go to the events? Wow. Yeah. Every time we launch, I travel to that city. And I think that that's the key part of why we've been able to have that feeling when you walk into a dames event is so different than any other. Yeah any other networking event, I think because you walk in and you're welcomed like with a like warm smile and just kind of this whole customer service aspect that I've learned along the way of like from my career, mm-hmm. I have like a genuine love for every person that walks in. And I, like I said, I want to fix everybody's problems. So I'm like, here, <laughs> come here, let, let me help you. What can I do? But when I go to a, launch a new chapter, I think it's important for me to show those girls, when they like, as they lead and cultivate their community, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And so I'm able to be part of that, which is cool. Dude, that's amazing. I love, I just love this. I want to go travel with you at all these Oh my gosh, things. come. <laughs> I go by myself. So come on. Dude, I love that. So let's dive into social media. Okay. Because cool. I'm sure this plays a huge role in yeah. what you do and yeah. developing these communities. But tell me a little bit about how Dames leverages social media to grow these followings and also to do business. Totally. Instagram is like our jam Mm -hmm. for sure. That's where our demographic pretty much lives. I would say 95% of the people that are new that walk through the door, they found us on Instagram. Wow. I, so my, like I said, my background's in digital marketing, specifically on social media, and I have a focus on organic um, marketing. So I'm very happy to say that to, like, up until this point, still, we've never done any type of paid media. Wow. Um, really? So every, yeah. So every main dame chapter leader um, that's found us and has been interested in leading a chapter has been through social media. Um, people find us like that become members through social media. So we really do leverage it as much as we possibly can. I I think that there is a lot of room for improvement from what we're doing now to continue to scale and grow. Um, But it's been huge for us. It's been an opportunity for us to also be able to connect with people in our community that aren't Mm -hmm. in a place that has a chapter, if that makes sense. So they feel like they're part of it, but they're, you know, maybe not close to a city with a chapter yet. Absolutely. So if you had to give some tips on someone that's starting a brand and they're wanting to go after this organic approach and build this community, what would be some tips? I mean, I, I think it goes far beyond just getting on social. I think, you know, it's all about knowing your brand, Mm -hmm. um, you know, knowing what your brand values are and knowing like what that mission is, because that fuels everything else that you're going to be posting about. Right. One of the things that I tell clients all the time is like, what are your five things that embody who you are? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there's like, as you know, yeah. right. Your brand can, will always outlive your business. If yeah. you want to pivot within your business, your brand can support that. Totally. Um, and so I think that being really clear on like, what's that message and be authentic, like to who you are. Cause like I said, in the very beginning, like we were trying to attract a specific demographic and I just couldn't even connect to what we were talking about, Yeah, you know, and as we evolve with dames, 
Like, I don't know why we have the color pink in our branding because I absolutely hate the color pink, but, um, so I'm not really being true to my brand, but I think that just having that voice and like being able to communicate with your audience, like as authentically as possible. And it doesn't matter how aesthetically pleasing your feed looks just like post real shit. (laughs) Yes. Okay. First off, I I gotta tap on the pivoting or that brand outliving your business because I think that's so crucial. And I think now in this day and age, you're really seeing the people come to the forefront of the brand versus the brand rather than the business itself, right? Mm-hmm. So you're seeing people want to see these CEOs of these major corporations instead of the yeah. corporation itself. And that was, you know, in traditional marketing or even traditional business marketing you know, stuff that we learned back in college or when we first got our feet wet, that wasn't the way that you were taught to market. Yeah. Very Gen X stuff. Very Gen X. Like if you think about like just starting out, you think about Target, you think about Tide, you think about these major, major products or brands and you never saw the people behind them. Mm -hmm. So I love that you say that because I truly think that that is such a crucial part right now Mm -hmm. in this business arena, in this industry and social media that you really do need to kind of stay true to who you are, right? encompass everything about yourself. And that's actually going to, like you said, outlive any business that you choose to do. Right. And I, I, you know, I mean, we talked about Geraldine and she's such a perfect example of that, right? (laughs) She has holy matcha, but she could turn around and launch products. She can turn around and launch something else. And it's because that, you know, it's not necessarily holy matcha. It's Geraldine. Yeah. That everyone is kind of following. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that, I mean, my jam when it comes to marketing is humanizing your brand. I love that. And so that's something that I preach about all the time. And I wish I could like take credit for that, but there's this awesome guy, his name's Jay Bear. And he talks a lot about how you can u- utilize like humanizing your brand to like leverage your customer service approach. Not even gonna go down that rabbit hole because I could talk about <laughs> that for a long time. I think that that's so important. And you see people like Sarah Blakely from Spanx. If you mm-hmm. follow her personal Instagram, it is like a real life situation, you know, like her kids are going crazy. She's like never wearing makeup. Like (laughs) she's like talking about how much coffee she drinks all the time. That's the shit that people want to see. They want to see this like behind the scenes aspect because they already know how successful your business is. They already know what you're putting out there and what you're branding, but they want to know like, how did you get to that point and who makes up that person? Dude, I love that so much. I think that's so great. So tell me a little bit about, let's talk about influence. Okay. So this whole show is, you know, we call it under the influence, not because we like to drink, but even though that's a huge part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got to mention, it was so funny because when I reached out to you, you're like, should I bring the tequila? And that was my favorite response to date of anyone being asked to be on the show. I was like, oh, oh my God. God, she gets it. I'm like, she I think it. I might've just sounded like way too much. But, uh, and then I realized that we were meeting early in the morning. I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't bring tequila at 9am. Oh, <laughs> I know. I wish it was later, but it is what it is. It worked out. It's great. So I want to talk about number one, you know, this trend of influencers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a unique thing. Everyone's obsessed with it. You work with them. You know, yeah. you have people that are members that come to your events. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, what does this whole thing look like in business? How, what is it like working with influencers? I feel like I'm going to say things that are probably going to make people unhappy, but a lot of the times I feel like businesses want to work with these big time influencers. And I think that we're seeing a shift in the value in these major influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers. Mm -hmm. And there isn't as much value there for businesses as there was in the past. Yeah. I use her as an example all the time and I'm obsessed with her, but Courtney Cordero, she's Mm. her handles Coco San Diego. She's the greatest. She's an anomaly dude as an influencer. Yeah. Like she is, uh, I think she just passed the micro influencer title, but she is like this perfect example of how much power there is in a micro influencer that has such an engaged following in a specific demographic. And so as a business owner, when I look at wanting to work with women, one, I want to know about them. Like, I want to get to know them. I don't want to just use them for their like following and what they have to offer. Like I want to work with one real women that have a good personality that are down to earth. And usually like, I like if they drink 
you know, and they talk about it a lot because I'm, <laughs> I'm so all about great. it. Um, but Courtney, when I met her for the first time, I think it might've been, I don't even know years ago, but yeah. I was like, she's so real. She's so sweet. She's gorgeous inside and out. Yeah. Um, and she has a perfect engaged audience here in San Diego. So working with her for different events that we have in, in San Diego, we get such a higher response than the ones that we've worked with that have been like a hundred times more than her. And so. that's so funny that you say that too, because, you know, one of the things that we offer in house is influencer marketing and we vet them, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't want to just send product out and throw you know stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. Right. And I remember when I sat down to Courtney, we were doing, uh, we just did some like very intensive, like influencer interviews, like asking them what they, what they see works, what doesn't work you know, the ways in which they like to work with brands. I love that. And well, and she was just, she just told me, she's like, I don't know what happened. She's like, but she's like, I know all my favorite things in San Diego. I'm very included in this city. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she sat down and listed off every PR agency, probably in Southern California that wants to work with her. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because you think that we should be going after the Mariana Hewitts, the yeah. Jenna Kutchers. Right. And um, not to say that they don't have super engaged followings, right. but for businesses that really want to work with influencers the right way, I love that yeah. you're thinking you're talking about micro influencers and how they have, Mm -hmm. they just have a different pool and they're very niche down. They're very engaged and it's, that's amazing. Very engaged. And this is like kind of what I talk about with the business side of like your branding and the humanization, like you're creating a relationship with people, right? Like as a business Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Like by humanizing your brand, like people feel invested in you when they develop that relationship with you. And I think that what Courtney, I know that we're going to keep probably using her as an example, but what she's done is she's created this like credibility that her followers Mm -hmm. know that like, okay, like she's not going to steer me in the wrong direction because she's so aligned with anything that she represents, right? Like she's not going to just like work with a brand just to work with a brand, no, something that she truly believes in. And Mm -hmm. so people feel connected. They don't, they feel like she won't steer them wrong. Yeah. Well, and I love that too, because I mean, even when you think about Coco San Diego, you think, Mm -hmm. you know, beer, you think trips down to Mexico, you think about new restaurants opening, Mm -hmm. like you, you have all these images. That's where you go. If you want to know something that's happening in San Diego within that region. So I love it. It's perfect. I agree. It's amazing. (laughs) So tell me like the best influential tip to somebody as far as like what they could be doing on social or how to be working with these influencers in their business. I think the relationship a hundred percent. I mean, develop that relationship with them, like get to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than working with somebody that has, can't even tell you like what your favorite things are, but they claim to like love and follow you forever. You know, mm-hmm. like not that I'm an influencer, <laughs> but if anyone followed my Instagram, you would know that like, I drink a lot of spicy margaritas. <laughs> I am obsessed with my pug and I like just genuinely love to be outside. Right. Yeah. Um, and that I am super blessed and humbled to be the founder of Dames Collective. So if you don't know that just like, I mean, it's the writing is on the wall literally. Mm -hmm. So I think that with an influencer, you want to work with somebody, just get to know them and see if they're really aligned. Don't just kind of throw things out there, hoping it sticks. I love that. And I think that's a whole different approach, right? Like we, like we tell, you know, we have the, all these businesses and they are like, well, I reached out to X, Y, and Z to have them come in to try our product. And you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't really, it wasn't a good experience or they didn't really do this or they didn't really feel well connected. And I like that you're taking a relationship basis because I think too, you establish that relationship, right? Let's say with an influencer Mm -hmm. and you bring them in to give them an experience. There's already this like line of foundation or credibility that they have with you and with the brand that's going to kind of blossom into something else, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, like you're developing a friendship with somebody that's actually investing in your business to see it grow. Right. And you're both utilizing your strengths to help one another. And I think that that's kind of the basis of it. And I think we've, you know, in previous generations, I think we've been taught to like, or I don't know, maybe there's just like this notion of like, oh, if I don't know too much about you, it makes me 
like seem a certain way. And, you know, I don't have time to like stalk your Instagram feed, but like, you know, you're stalking her feed, you know, <laughs> like you're like looking, you know, everything, you know, her dog's name. Yeah. Um, so just be like cool about it. Yeah. Like be open, be like genuine. And I think that people really like are attracted to that. Yeah. I think now in this day and age too, you have to just expect that everyone stalks everyone. And it's so easy. I mean, there's like, there's no shame anymore. Like we know everything about everybody. Straight up. I walk into the grocery (laughs) store and I'll go up to somebody like, I know you from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then I realize after I leave that like, I like stalked their Instagram like a week prior, you know? And then like, oh no, you're just crazy. And I don't know you. You know what the worst thing is? So I'm, I told you this, I'm terrible with names. Mm -hmm. I have the worst problem with names. It sucks. I don't know if I have short-term memory loss or what's going on (laughs) up in there, but it sucks. But for some reason, I'm great with Instagram handles. Oh, like I'm like, yeah, I could call, I could just like, I don't know a lot of people by their name, but I'm like, (laughs) oh, you're so-and-so like, you know, (laughs) like I like, it's kind of funny because like we like, we'll work with influencers and stuff like that. And like, we have like, you know, we have rosters and lists and things like that. And I'll look at names and I'm like, who the hell are these people? And then I look at their Instagram handles and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. I didn't know their full name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally that happens. To the it's the greatest. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. So where do you see social media going right now? It's having yeah. such a moment. We utilize it for everything. We're on it way too many hours in the day. Where do you see it going? Yeah. I think sometimes I like to think I want to be ignorant that it's ever going to change. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh no, I just don't want everyone's like, you know, Instagram's not going to be around forever. I'm like, but why not? But I mean, it has evolved, right? Like yeah. we've seen this change. And I think that the biggest change I think is with the influencers. I think that people are going to be wanting to work with these micro influencers more than these people that have like hundreds of thousands of followers, right? Like right. these big time influencers, it's going to be more about engagement. And I think we've started to see that like trend and that transition than anything else. But I also think that it's millennials. We don't want to be, and like, even like the generations after us, we don't want to be sold to anymore. Yeah, We're sick of it. We're like, we want to feel like we're making decisions or we're buying things because we want them. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's aligned with who we are. So I think that we're going to kind of go back to what, like, at least on Instagram, we're going to go back to where Instagram was when we first started. And that was just about being real and posting real photos that that weren't perfectly curated and, you know, planned out and, or maybe they were, but you're making it seem like they're not. But I, I really truly believe that. I think that people want authenticity and they want to know who you are and they want to feel like connected to you. And so Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see kind of that come back, which I'm excited for. Yeah. And I love that you talked about millennials. You know, I always kind of say that we're so, we were raised to be marketed to, right? Mm -hmm. So like traditional ad campaigns, you know, commercials, anything like that. We're so deaf to it all. Mm -hmm. But I think that you're completely nailing it right on the head is that the reason why this influencer generation or trend is starting is because we're actually relating with people and we're taking Mm -hmm. on this new approach to marketing because we trust these people and we trust their products. And like you said, we want to make the decision. Right. And I don't think a lot of people, even, you know, people that are starting up their businesses, again, there's all this kind of information and knowledge about how to market, Mm -hmm. but no one's really kind of following this new trend, or at least I shouldn't say no one is there. We're catching on. Yeah. catching It's it's starting. Yeah. But I think it's such a great approach too to establish those relationships. And like you talked about, establish that validity mm-hmm. and really showcase your brand in a light where it's like, hey, look, this is who we partner with. These are people that really, really resonate well with our brand. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it out there and kind of let you make the decision. I think that's a whole new way of marketing. And yeah. it's it's really interesting to kind yeah. of see how it's all it's happening. Like we kind of look at it and we're like, is this a mind fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like messing with me in a way like you're marketing to me but I don't know that you're marketing me but it's you're so right like it's like we're starting to see that kind of catch on little by little and brands working with or aligning themselves and partnering with specific people like it could be somebody with 150 followers or somebody with 300,000 followers, mm-hmm. right? On social, but they really truly represent their, that brand's mission to right. the core. And I think that's what it's all about. And mm-hmm. people that are users of social media that are, you know, no matter where they are, it doesn't matter like 
that if you're in a small town or a big city, you want to feel like you can relate to somebody. And so it's about being able to represent every single type of person. And I love that. And I think that's such a key, key way to grow your business and to scale it. And especially, you know, like you said, building those relationships, letting it speak for itself, these type of new aspects that, you know, that's such good value to someone that's starting in their business, right? Yeah. Totally. Okay, cool. So you've been so fun to talk with. I wish we had a tequila bottle to take shots. I know. (laughs) Need some breakfast tequila. I know. I'm going to name it. I'm not saying I'm naming the episode. (laughs) Breakfast tequila. Perfect. (laughs) Okay, we're going to jump into some rapid fire. Oh, great. This is no. It's okay. Okay. I'm excited. I'm actually really stoked to hear your answers right now. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite Instagram stock? I would say Savan Ayla. I think that's how you say her name. She's dude. (laughs) She's also half Israeli like I am. And I feel like we're like connected, but I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) But I definitely, I think hers. And then I have... I think because I'm on social all the time for work, yeah. I like stalk like people that I know, yeah. like friends of mine, because yeah. I'm just like trying to keep, keep caught up on their lives. Totally. Okay. Savan is amazing. Uh, her interior design kills me. Oh yeah. Like her house. I'm like, and then Beautiful. she, she's, she named her daughter Capri, right? Yeah. Okay. See, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, like I could tell right you now. all about her life and it's <laughs> actually her. No, I liked her. I think that's what, cause I think I was following her and I follow, I follow too many people to yeah. be quite honest. Same. But the whole naming her daughter Capri is what really like brought me into her. And mm. then all of a sudden I started stalking her home design and I was like, wait, I really like her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like that. She's like real and just like super real. I don't know. She's a badass yeah, bitch. I like I her. Yeah, I totally. Okay. What about your go-to self-love or wellness practice? Perfect. Cause our self-love month is this month. Nice. I think... I go to spin as much as I can or like renegade. I work out at both of those places. Okay. And then I love to take my dog to the Coronado dog beach. I think just like I let him go around and be psycho and I walk up and down the beach and it kind of just like grounds me. Wow. That's amazing. That sounds like really, really nice to be quite honest. It is really nice. I have two. So I had to take the boyfriend with me to help me manage Yeah, because the Frenchie likes to just take off oh. and the golden kind of just like lingers with all the other dogs oh. and it wants to be social and Frenchie wants to just like run, just yeah. like dead run. That's, that's Jack. <laughs> yeah. He's like a total, but he like, will come back and check in, but then he's like psycho. I oh, know. Yeah. Berkeley's like, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frenchies have that about them. I yeah. see they're always like that at the dog beach. Dude, they got pers- Okay, so I, like, I've grown up with labs and goldens and whatever, and I rescued Berkeley, and I rescued, he was, like, four years old, went through just a lot. Like, mm-hmm. the more and more I've, like, had him, I realized there was just, I don't, I don't want to necessarily cause it, like, call it trauma, but there was just a lot that it seems like he went through. Yeah. So he's um, got this personality. Baby. Yeah. And it's a very, like, love you mom, but also like, fuck you. Like I'm going to do and live my life. Like I've been out on the streets before. Like I got this. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's hilarious. He's great. (laughs) I know. Well, Jack didn't live a hard life. He's lived a very pampered life, but he also treats me the same way. Um, so I'm actually the next dog I'm getting is going to be a golden and I'm looking to work and or get adopt one through Bunny's Buddies, which is a local um, rescue. They bring them over from um, Asia and like get them out of kind of the meat trade. All the goldens, there. right? Because aren't they? They're, yeah. It's kind of big for them. Yeah, they're like it's what they want. Terrifying. Like I watch some of these videos and I like make myself watch them because I'm like things need to like change. But I'm like, okay, that one thing I can do is either like put together a fundraiser and like adopt a dog. Uh, so. Can you do a dog adoption event, please? <laughs> please. Yeah, I've been putting, trying to put something together. I'm like, this isn't like really all about women, like female entrepreneurship, but, but need that's to do a something. great, I mean, dude, align <laughs> with Petco. They'll probably do something. Seriously, yeah. Dude, that would be unreal. Well, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. Okay. What about your favorite weird ass fashion trend right now? There's so many weird fashion trends. I love asking those questions. I like, Honestly, uh-huh. I am not trendy. I think you're all. pretty trendy. You always look good. Oh, thanks. That means a lot. But usually I'm like, I'm a jeans and flip-flops and t-shirt kind of girl. You're from so, San Diego. Uh, yeah, I'm from like Orange <laughs> County area. So I'm like, I'm a Southern, Southern California, California girl. I've always lived by the beach. So 
One thing that I've actually tried to get in on, but I just like can't stand are Birkenstocks. Okay. I tried. <laughs> I've really tried. I own a pair, but I just are I they can't like do the OG it. leather ones? Are they the yeah. plastic ones? The OG, yeah, they're, okay. they're like original slide. Yeah, I can't do you it. Can't do it. Yeah. What is yours? Okay, so I loved Birkenstocks, but when I was in college, I went through a very, very big hippie phase. Oh, good for you. Like hippie, hipster, actually lived yeah. in Orange County for four years. Oh. And I worked, I'll never forget this, My one of my first jobs working out of an Airstream selling sweatpants. Like, that's how hippie. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't look it. I yeah. never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I went through this phase where I was like all about Birkenstocks. I had to have all the coolest ones. Mm-hmm. I had a pair of white ones and a pair of rainbow ones and then I had this really badass pair and I've actually been thinking about getting another pair they're like 40 bucks I just told you that was like the one trend I didn't like and you're like I fucking love Birkenstocks no but I liked them here's why I liked them so this pair was actually like a plastic like it wasn't the leather it wasn't heavy they're 40 bucks at Nordstrom they're really cool I mean if you like Birkenstocks I mean, I'll give it another go. I don't. Well, here's they're why just I like so them. large. Yeah, they're super large and they're super freaking heavy. And I went yeah. to Thailand and it was during this phase. And I was like, look, I'm not going to bring these expensive ass sandals. Yeah. So I got this plastic pair and I loved them. Oh, but really? only because in Thailand it's humid as fuck and you're walking yeah. through water and shit. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's totally. the only reason where I All right, I'll do it. I'll give it a try. I mean, I mean, listen, I was the biggest hater of dad shoes and now I'm considering buying a pair. So I feel like mm-hmm. I go through this phase of really, really hating something and being yeah. like, no. And then all of a sudden I'm a hypocrite and I'm like, all right, I'm like, yeah, because you've <laughs> succumbed to the cell of like the trend, you like, know, shit. we're all, we've all been there. Like there's things that I bought that I look back in my closet. I'm like, that was dumb <laughs> and it was such a waste of money and did not look good. <laughs> like they never end up looking good. Like no. you try no. and you're there for like a month. Yeah. And then it leaves and then you're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went through the ugly, uh, ugly sweater phase too. Oh yeah. I mean, like when we t- like, like I, grandpa sweater, ugly sweater. Yeah. Or, okay, okay. Like with like high waisted shorts, and I thought oh, with my yeah. Birkenstocks and like unbrushed greasy that. hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was Whitney. Yeah. It was it was a bad time. Uh, you live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, go to cocktail. You can't say a spicy mark because you already said what? that. No, that's my go to cocktail. <laughs> Uh, lately I've been on this like, um, basic white claw train. Holy shit. Yes. So (laughs) I just got back from my best friend's wedding in Wisconsin. And I think collectively between all of like the couples, Mm -hmm. um, we probably bought about 400 white claws. You're lying. Um, I shotgunned a white claw. (laughs) Wait, wait. Yeah. Did you grow up in East County? Because you said <laughs> no, I didn't. But this weekend brought some things out in me that I did not know were there. Holy shit! Okay, so I gotta tell you another story. I'm sorry, I keep telling my two stories. So no, I love it. I know how like icing people. You've yes, okay. yes. So uh-huh. a lot. For some reason, I didn't know this, and again, this might be like my East Side coming out, but like. Some people don't know what to do when you hand them an ice or when they find an ice. Yeah. So we went with... They just drink it like, oh, this is good. They're just like, they find it in like the silverware drawer and they're like, oh, who put this in here? And it's like, no, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, we we ended up, we bought ices for this trip we went on with friends and then we ran out of ices. So we started white clawing people. That's awesome. And we totally do it I'm going to steal that. Oh, I'm gonna and start you gotta white get like people. the really large ones, the big ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you just you just yeah. start white calling people. I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> it is so much easier. <laughs> I don't know what, how this makes me look, but it is so much easier to shotgun a white claw than a Bud Light, dude. Yes, like I, it go, it just goes down. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because it tastes good or it tastes like water, but I'm like. I just down that in seconds. Well, and it's actually nicer too, because the whole point of icing someone is because the Smirnoff ice actually burns and it's like, it's, it sucks to chug it. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't know that either. You've never been iced? No, but don't do it. (laughs) I'm going to start icing people on the podcast. Dude, you should. (laughs) You totally should. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So like, that's the whole reason why people start doing it. It's because Smirnoff Ice came out with this product that tastes like essentially a lighter version of Mike's Heart Lemonade. And people were like, oh, this is funny. Get on a knee and chug it. And yeah. it burns. Like you start oh. crying. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not about that. So, but I mean, you can do a White Claw. It's easy. I love it. 
Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> so great. Okay. What about your favorite reality TV show? Okay. So I don't have cable. Okay. Because I'm thinking about cutting off my cable. So, okay, do it because I was watching so much reality TV. (laughs) Because, like, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I want something mindless, right? So, you're like, oh, I can watch this. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, shit. Hmm. I mean, maybe because I'm from Orange County, Real Housewives of Orange County, even though I haven't watched it in like since last season. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I don't Mm -hmm. really have one. I know. See, I'm a Bravo girl, so Uh, I'm all about Vanderpump Rules. Okay, fuck. I do really like that show. I know. it's And it's so hard, too, because I've never, like, I'll watch the Kardashians here and there. I'll watch Mm -hmm. The Bachelor here and there, but I'm not, like, dedicated. But, like, Vanderpump Rules has this pull on me that I don't understand. Maybe it's because, like, they're our age, maybe. Or, like, I mean, I grew up working in the restaurant industry, so I'm like... Yeah, I know about that life, like I, all the drama. See, I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't know if it's because I like want to be Lisa Vanderpump one day, or well, who does? I know. <laughs> like I just adore and all her animals. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh, in her house, I know. There's like swans walking I by. I know, like, but like I'd probably be like the redneck version of her <laughs> because I would want like alpacas instead of swans. <laughs> People like where the fuck am I going? There's like goats just <laughs> yeah. running around. Perfect. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, what about your favorite podcast? So I love How I Built This. Yeah. By um, NPR, Guy Raz um, is the host of that. I've always loved that podcast. What other one do I really love? Um, I used to listen to Jenna Kutcher a lot, kind of like like when she first Mm -hmm. started. But I don't know, lately I... Okay, I really liked these like... um, What's it called? Like murder ones? Oh, dude, true crime. Yeah. I'm are you are you a murderino? N- no. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but have you listened? They just did a Bravo like series of it, Ooh. but it was what is it? Dirty John? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I've heard of that, but I didn't haven't listened to the podcast yet. Oh my god. Is it so I listened good? to it on like a road trip and it was so good. And then I got really fucking creeped out because Basically, there's this scene where shit goes down, uh-huh. and it was in the um, parking lot of an apartment complex in Orange County, oh, and nice. I lived in that apartment complex. Okay, wait a minute. I do remember this, because I remember watching, I think it was maybe an episode, and it was, wasn't it in Newport? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all takes place like Irvine, Newport, Costa Mesa, which is where I'm from, so wow. I was like, this is creepy, but oh, definitely that one. If I could listen to that one again, I probably would. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that one. Yeah. I lived, or I, li- I lived, I listened to live and die in LA. Oh yeah. That one was really, is really good? good. Yeah. That one's good. And then of course I love, uh, what is it? I want to almost said stay sexy. Don't get murdered. But, yes. Um, that one is good too. Why can't I, I'm what? like literally just listening um, to it this morning. I can't even think of it. My favorite murder. My favorite murder. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I got hooked on that one listening to like the golden state killer one. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And they do the, like these live tours now. I'm like, I need to go. To that. I know they actually came to San Diego last. O- no, they came to LA last October. I think they came to San Diego. Yeah. Too. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I don't know how you missed both of those shows, but I'm I like, know. I need to see them. I know we, we do. Them. Well, we can do that. We can do it together. Day. It'll yeah. be great. Okay. Uh, your favorite business owner, someone that you kind of look up to. It's funny, like I get this question a lot and I've never like idolized, like, you know, growing up, people are like, oh, who's your idol? I'm like, yeah. never have had anybody like mm-hmm. that. So my friends, Alex and Leah, they mm-hmm. own a company out of Phoenix or out of Scottsdale called the Sparkle Bar. And they both, it's kind of the, they might kill me for saying this, but like, it reminds me of like dry bar, but for makeup. So you can go in there and you can get like a 45 minute, like, or $45, like makeup session or whatnot. Um, they kill it every time. Their staff is amazing. And like, just knows they know everything about makeup. Right. And I like don't know anything about makeup. Um, what I love (laughs) about the two of them is Alex is like more the business side and Leah's like the more the front, like facing side. She has a background in makeup always are thinking of different innovative things and different markets to get into. And they're always on that hustle and they both have kids and it's just really inspiring to see women go after their dreams and know what their strong suits are. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So definitely them. That's and if you're so in cool. Scottsdale, definitely check out. <laughs> I've actually been meaning to go back to Scottsdale. I love it. So if I go, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, go. See go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So dude, you've been rad. I love everything Thanks. about you talking about women. Of course, I love James. I loved speaking with you guys. I love going to all your events. I'm going to ask you one last question, but before we end on that, where can we find you? How can people yeah. follow you? Our website is damescollective.com. So dames, like D-A-M-E-S. And then all of our social handles are um, for our headquarters is at Dames Collective. And then we have all of our chapter specific, but you can find that through the website. Dude, I love it. Awesome. Okay. And then your last question, what does influence mean to you? I think influence means putting the best version of yourself out there. And it doesn't matter what your purpose of doing that, if if you're trying to influence other people or not, but just being genuine, you're always going to influence somebody, whether it's, you know, a friend or a colleague or a niece or nephew, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that just always putting the best version of yourself out there and striving to be a better person. I think that is what influence means to me and what I try to do regularly Mm -hmm. to be able to influence the people around me. I love it, dude. Thanks so much for coming on yeah, the show. Thank you and, for I mean, having I mean, me. You dropped so much knowledge. You honestly are so fun to talk to. I'm going to totally chug a white claw with you one day. Oh, it's my new goal. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, dude. Thank you.